listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. But I am really excited about today what God is going to do. I am um, I've really had this word in my heart that uh, about reclaiming peace. And I really have this sense today that God, we're just going to have, I'm going to share pretty briefly today and then we're going to have time of ministry. And I just really feel like the enemy has tried to steal peace. You know, one of the marks of being a Christian in this world today is that we would be people that carry peace. That whatever comes against us, we would stand in confidence and clarity, knowing that our God is with us and that we have peace. And I really have a sense today that God wants to speak into the middle of storms and bring His peace. So thank you, team. I'm going to ask Nige to stay up with me because <clears throat> I need the romance. And uh, we're going to get into it. But I, I felt this, this word in Mark 4, verse 35 to 41. And it says, That evening, that day when evening came, Jesus said to His disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves. He said, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now I love that we have a God that's not intimidated by the storm. He's the God that sleeps through the storm. It doesn't faze Him whatsoever. But I really have this sense today that He's the God that wants to speak to our storms. That He's the God that's waiting for us to cry out to Him, to speak into the middle of whatever's going on in our lives. Maybe it's a family situation, a work situation we're going through, a future thing that we're going, someone that has incredibly disappointed us, maybe something that has happened that has just pierced our hearts. God wants to speak to the middle of that storm today and bring His peace and to silence the storm and bring His calm. You know, the truth is we live in a world today that is not peaceful. Now you turn on the TV and it's the first thing that you see. Wars, murders, people at each other, accusing each other. Hatred so fills the earth today. And it's a part of the reality of the world that we live in. And we can think one of the major arguments against, I suppose, believing in God of his war. If God was good, why does all this evil happen? But the truth is, we live in a world today where God doesn't only just exist, but there's also an enemy that exists. Evil is also very prevalent. And it's not till we get to heaven that it's actually God's ideal for us and His paradise for us. So we live in a world today where there's lots of contention. There's a battle going on. And it's, it's weird to think that there's even this idea in our head that we should expect peace on earth while we're here because it's not what Jesus promised us at all. He actually says in Matthew 10, do you suppose that I've come to bring t- peace to the earth? I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to turn a man 
against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And, you know, we can read that and think, well, that's pretty harsh, God. But He is the epitome of truth. He is the epitome of what is good. And when He comes, when He brings the reality of who He is to this earth, the enemy, the evil doesn't like that. So there's a battle that goes on. And that's what He's talking about. There's always going to be division that occurs. In the Amplified Version, it says this. Do not think that I've come to bring peace on the earth. I've come to bring peace, but a sword of division between belief and unbelief. That's what the battle is all about, this contention between what is right and what is not right. But in the middle of this, what I love is that God promises over and over again in His Word that when we choose Him, we would know His peace in the middle of whatever we are facing. See, He didn't promise peace in this world, but He promised to give peace in us in the middle of it. Again and again, Scripture makes this promise. Psalm 4 verse 8 says this, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for You alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Come on, He promised us us good sleep. Come on, are we sleeping well? Or are we tormented? Are we troubled in our sleep? Because if we're troubled, that's not God. He promises us good sleep. Psalm 29 verse 11, the Lord gives strength to His people. The Lord blesses His people with peace. Come on, His peace is a blessing that we're meant to live in, that we're meant to live secure in. Isaiah 9 verse 5, uh, many of us will know this verse, verse 6 to 7 says, For unto us a child is born, the verse around Christmas. To us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Come on, Isaiah 53 verse 5, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace. Come on, He died on the cross for our peace. By His wounds we are healed. Come on, He's got peace in store for us. One of the promises that He gives us when we follow Him is His peace. When He appeared before the disciples, when He rose from the dead, first thing He said to them was, Peace be with you. Come on, are we living in His absolute peace today? Or is there turmoil? Is there stuff going on that we can't quite settle? See, the meaning of peace in the biblical sense, it's this beautiful word, completeness. Completeness. Come on, are we living with completeness? That soundness of mind, soundness of spirit. That's what the word peace means when Jesus talks about it. Come on, He's come to give us completeness. Do we live with that kind of security, that kind of wholeness? See, God promised us this peace. It's so often we don't live in the fulfilment of that promise. When we, a few months ago, when we first found out that we were pregnant and, you know, we wanted it, it was planned and everything, but I remember having this freak out moment in the middle of the night, waking up and my mind just went into overdrive as it can do sometimes. And I remember just freaking out like, oh my gosh, what if it's twins? Help me, Jesus. It's not, fortunately, it's just one heartbeat. You know, what if it's going to be a boy with the same energy as Craig and Zahn again? Like, help me, Jesus. Like all these possibilities just running through my head. And I made the worst mistake of turning to Google. And 
and finding out what I should be eating because it's been a while. I'm like, I should really know what I should be eating. And like, just a hint, don't ever go to Google for anything because the worst possible scenario and outcome gets presented to you. And I remember reading this stuff about what I shouldn't eat and I'd eaten something that night that I Google said I shouldn't have eaten. And I remember freaking out like, I'm going to kill the baby. Like, what am I doing? And I'm having this meltdown in the middle of the night. And I decided in that moment, hey, I can lean into the voice of Google right now. A very loud voice in the middle of that moment. Or I can lean into His whisper. And I was like, hey God, what do you want to speak to me in the middle of this? And I felt His whisper to say, I am the author of life. Trust me, it's okay. You know, sometimes we're going to lean into His whisper. Peace comes when we lean in to His whisper. So often our peace is robbed because we get into our own anxiety, our own stress, our own worry, and we lose His peace. See, John 14 verse 27 says this, Peace, Jesus speaking to His disciples before He's about to die. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, this peace, it's a gift He's given us. You know, when anything, a good gift is given to you, you've got to lay hold of it. You've got to take claim of this gift of peace. And that is what God has called us to do. He's called us to carry His peace to lay hold of it, to claim it as our own. That this is ours. I'm not going to let anything rob this from me. I'm going to walk in confidence and security, knowing His peace, taking a hold of this peace. But see, what I find I do occasionally is I let this peace go and I get into my little world. I get into my anxieties, my ideas about what should happen, my worries, trying to control things myself, trying to all be like, okay, I'm going to work it out over here. And when I do that, I, I lay His peace down and I no longer have any hold of it. And like any good gift, when you lay it down, it means it's open for others to take. And the Bible says the enemy has come to rob, steal and destroy and to take our peace. So what ends up happening is when we lay our peace down, the enemy comes in, he takes that moment and he's like, hey, that gift that Jesus came and died for you for, I'm just going to take that right now and I'm just going to have it over here and you're just going to struggle on your own and persevere on your own and try and work it out on your own. And in the meantime, He's stolen our peace that was always our gift. Come on, how many times has this happened in our lives? Well, the enemy comes because we're not laying hold, laying claim of our peace. The enemy, it opens up the door for the enemy to come on in and just take what God has given us from us. And we end up in this place where we're struggling on our own. You know, going back to the story of the disciples on the boat, it's amazing when we enter that fear zone like the disciples did. It's amazing how we accuse Jesus in that zone. You know, the disciples in that moment, they accused Jesus. They were like, what are you doing sleeping? 
Don't you care? This crazy storm that we're in, the waves are coming over, we're about to be capsized. Don't you care? You're just there sleeping. Don't you care about me? Don't you care what's happening in my life? I'm struggling here. I'm doing it on my own. Don't you care? Don't you see? And it's amazing when we get into this fear zone, how we end up accusing the very one that can intervene for us. And it's incredible how we do it. The amount of conversations that I have with people when tough stuff comes along with God really cared. He'd intervene. Well, if God really cared, why did He allow this to happen to me? Well, if God really loved me, if God really loved our family, why would He bring this on us? And we end up accusing rather than crying out to Him for His intervention. See, Jesus was always wanting to intervene for the disciples. Of course, He didn't want the boat to capsize. But instead of them crying out to Him, they ended up accusing Him. And that's why He rebuked them and said, why are you so afraid? Because they were responding out of their fear rather than faith. So we're called to respond out of faith, not fear. We're called to get in God's face, to cry out to Him for intervention, to go to Him and say, hey God, I need You in this moment. I can't do this on my own. To surrender ourselves before Him and say, God, I desperately need You. Not to accuse, but to cry out. Come on, are you in a place where you're accusing Him rather than crying out to Him? Come on, the enemy, the Bible says, is the ultimate accuser. He's known as the accuser. And He puts those thoughts in our mind towards God often and we end up accusing Him rather than looking to Him for our intervention. Come on, we've got to start to turn the tide and cry out to Him. Because see, it's in this place of surrender that He comes through. See, sometimes we think that it's just enough to have Jesus in the boat with us. Like the disciples probably thought, hey, we've got Jesus. Nothing bad can happen in this moment. I mean, He's in the boat with us. Lord of all lords, King of kings, creator of the universe. He's in the boat with us. And sometimes we can think that, like Jesus is with me. Why would, why would the storm come if Jesus is with me? But it wasn't enough for Jesus just to be in the boat. The disciples needed to cry out to Him. And we're gonna to come to a place where it's not just enough to do life with God. We've gotta live in this place of surrender, crying out to Him and asking for Him to intervene. And you know, the amazing thing that happens when we do that is our God intervenes for us. We don't fight the battle, He fights it for us. He comes in on the scene. He deals with the enemy for us. We take out <laughs> His words. When we stand on His Word, He takes back that peace that was robbed from us. And He restores it to us. But it comes from this place of surrender. It comes from that place of knowing that He is able, that He is our security, that He is our hope, and that we can trust Him. Come on, are we living from that place? Or are we still trying to work it all out on our own because peace only comes from living surrendered. So how do we call on Him? The keys are found in Philippians 4 verse 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Come on, what a peace. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. And the peace of God transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Come on, what an amazing peace. So I'm just going to really quickly, before we go into ministry, look at three keys and how we call on Him is the first thing that the Scripture talks about is pursuing Him, that the Lord is near. Pursue Him. In Psalm 34 verse 14, it says, Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now when we pursue Him in His ways, it's amazing the peace that comes. So often we can live in turmoil because we're trying to bring justice ourselves. So often we can live in turmoil maybe because of past stuff that's gone on that we're trying to rectify ourselves. Maybe past relationships have gone pretty sour and we're now living in this place of separation from other people. And this is a biggie around Christmas, especially around family. Come, the Bible actually talks about in, in Romans 12, verse 18, it says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Come on out. Now, peace can be stolen when we live separated from others. When we live in this place of trying to justify things ourselves and fight the battle ourselves. Come on, are there relationships? that we've got happening that are fragmented, that you know God is just stirring you and just knocking on the door of your heart and saying, hey, allow me just to breathe in that situation. Listen to me. Come on, restore that relationship. And it doesn't mean that it has to be the same level of closeness. There may need to be boundaries, etc. but we should live in peace with everybody. There should be reconciliation, restoration, as much as it depends on us. And I know often it's we've been incredibly wronged. I totally get that. But that we make sure that our hearts are right in the middle of it. That we live with that, that forgiveness. Now living with forgiveness brings such peace. You see it, we see it all the time in church. Those that live with unforgiveness, there's a tw- turmoil that that brings. But when we live releasing things, forgiving things, there's a peace in the middle of that when we pursue God's ways and we listen to Him, obey them, there's a peace that comes. When Ephesians 4 verse 3, make every effort to live in unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Come on, peace bonds us together. Are there things, and again, it doesn't mean that we need to be close to people. We need to even see people even more, but there's a sense of, you know what? I've done on my end what I need to do for there to be freedom in that area for my heart to have freedom, for my heart to have peace, rather than fighting that battle on my own. Is this making sense? The second thing is we petition Him. I love the message version in that verse in Philippians. It says, instead of worrying, pray. Now we've got to turn every worry into a prayer. I mean, how often do we allow worry to consume us? We get so caught up and what if this happens and that happens? And 
we end up in the cycle of it just getting worse and worse in our head because we're not doing something constructive with those thoughts. You know, there is nothing constructive about worry. So instead of worrying, pray. Instead of channeling those thoughts into worry, channel them into prayers. Every time you go to worry, turn it into a victory for your God instead by beseeching Him. And then you're doing something constructive with it. Come on, let's get that fight on. Like this is not gonna consume me. This is not gonna overtake me. I'm gonna turn it into prayer instead. I'm gonna fight in the spiritual realms, the heavenly realms. I'm not gonna try and take it on myself, but I'm gonna do something constructive with it. So every time I worry about that family member, no, I'm not gonna worry anymore. God, I'm interceding for them and you, I'm getting in your face. Instead of worrying about that work situation, it's stressing me out and getting me anxious and I'm grumpy with my kids, I'm grumpy with my husband. I'm grumpy with my partner. No, I'm going to pray instead. I'm going to leave a breakthrough. Come on, how much does worry consume us and burden us and and take our joy, take our life? Come on, we're going to turn those worries into prayers instead. And it's amazing the breakthrough that would take place in our lives. Come on, don't try and carry it on your own, but turn it into something powerful. The third thing is that we've got to praise Him. Third key, last key is we've got to praise Him. We need to elevate Him. If the team can come and join me, please. Elevate Him as the Lord of our lives. The one who is able, the one that makes it all possible. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in asking God for stuff, which is amazing. It's part of it. Breakthrough comes in praise. Breakthrough comes when we elevate ourselves above the storm and we see from His perspective. And we do a lot of flying, and I love flying when you break out from maybe bad weather and the storm and you break out into the clouds and this whole other world above the clouds and you see with fresh perspective. Come on, that's what praise does in us. We see things with fresh perspective. Rather, you know, the storm, when we see based on the storm, it brings disillusionment. It only allows us to see the short little bit in front of us. It makes us feel like that is what's consuming us. That's everything that we can see rather than seeing from God's bigger picture and how He sees. So I just want to really quickly just remind us of who our God is. Because that's what praise does. It reminds us of who He is. He is our healer. He's our redeemer. He's the one that sees us. He's the God who brings the turnaround. He is the one that is all goodness. He is the epitome of love. He's the creator of this world. He is all powerful, all knowing, always present, unchangeable, our everlasting Father, the God of all comfort, the author of our salvation, the God who raises the dead, the one who gives us eternal life, forever hope. He is mighty to save the way, the truth, the life. He is the light of the world. He is our wonderful counsellor. He is the great shepherd. He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He is greater in us than he that is in the world. He is the bread of life, the one who sustains us, the one who comforts us, our strength, our advocate, the one who equips us, the one who is for us. Come on, what a God that we serve. What a God that is worthy of our praise. Come on, we've got to get our praise on in the middle of the storm. Let's elevate our eyes 
from the storm and see Him for who He is. And it's amazing the peace that comes when we do that. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. I'm going to ask our team to come on up, our prayer team to come to the front, please. And what I'd love is we're just going to believe for an outpouring of God's peace this morning, especially in this crazy season that we're in. We're just going to believe that He's just going to breathe His peace afresh. And if you're just in a place where you're going, you know what, there's stuff going on. There is turmoil going on and I just need His peace to breathe afresh on me. I need to know that He is with me, that He is for me. I need to know that reassurance that I'm not in this on my own. Then I just really know that God is just gonna come in a supernatural way today and just breathe His peace. So as the band leads us, why don't you come down the front for prayer? And God, we thank You that You are here in this moment. We thank You that You are for us, not against us, that You have the gift of peace for us. And right now, God, we reclaim Your peace. God, I pray right now that peace would be restored. That God, whatever battles have been going on in people's lives, God, we speak to that storm and we declare quiet in Jesus' name.
there's a few more people that need to respond, that God's just knocking on the on the door of your heart and, and you're in a place of letting go. It's like there's that wrestle going on of, but God, I've kind of got this sorted. I'm justified in this. I've, I've got this storm. I'm navigating this storm okay. And, and God's, God's wanting just that release for Him to completely come in and intervene. For some people, I have the sense that it's a moment to actually God's waiting for that vulnerability and that openness. And there's just been this sense of that wall going up and that struggle being there. I just feel God's heart just saying, let go. Open up. Allow me to intervene. Allow me to be the captain of the storm. Come on, if that's you, why don't you just come down for prayer? Because I know God wants to do something. Come on, team, keep leading us, Jesus.